we have such a like strong and positive culture and we just really take care of each other and it's like i said five years in the in the making right this doesn't happen overnight welcome to the shakeout podcast i'm your host kate van buskirk while the marathon season is winding down cross country has been in full swing over the weekend, several Canadians had strong showings at the NCAA Division I Championships, and many more are looking forward to Athletics Canada Cross Country, or ACXC, this coming Saturday in Ottawa. But going back just over a week, on a blustery day in Halifax, Max Turek and Glynis Sim crossed the line victorious at the U Sports Cross Country Championships, leading their teams, the McMaster Marauders and the UBC Thunderbirds, to first and second, respectively. While their seasons have been vastly different, both Max and Glynis talk about the impact that long-term development, thoughtful coaching, and strong team culture have had on their success. Max Turek had a flawless season, winning every cross-country race that he's contested, including the OUA championships. His win in Halifax also helped solidify the team title for McMaster, breaking a 59-year drought for the Marauders. Max, who never made an offset championship in high school, has been patiently building strength and confidence over the last several years under the knowledgeable guidance of coach and Olympian Paul Schner. And despite a fluke injury right at the finish line, he closed out his university cross-country career in style. So Max, off the bat, congratulations on your individual win and also on leading the McMaster Marauders to this victory after so many years of not having had one. How are you feeling? Uh, definitely an exciting time. I think this whole week, like I'm still in shock. Like one of my roommates is actually on the team too. And every day we kind of just look at each other and like disbelief. And yeah, it was a special moment, 59 years since the last title and especially to do it for our coach. It was pretty amazing. Okay, we're going to get into that in a second because that's an incredible stat. But we have to start with the fact that you were in Halifax and the conditions were absolutely wild for this race. I was in Medicine Hat, Alberta for the Canadian College Championships. It was minus 12, but it was dry and you know the sun was shining. We didn't have any wind. In Halifax, it sounds like it was pretty much the opposite. Warm, but incredibly wet and very windy. Uh, take us through the race and the conditions. Luckily, um, it was somewhat warm I guess it was like 15 but I guess it probably felt like 10 with the wind but basically 40 50 kilometer hour winds rain like it did not stop raining from the start but you know getting on that line you, you're like everyone else has to deal with it so yeah it was fun it was fun but at the end some of us were pretty cold <laughs> I can imagine it was also um, a very tight race uh, you only ended up winning by about three seconds, I think, in the end. So take us through what some of the tactics were like. What, what, How did it play out on, on the day? Yeah, so didn't really know what to expect being a new course, but uh, there was one corner that was completely dangerous that a bunch of us fell on. Um, so that was kind of something we had to be careful on. But, you know, it, it came down to kind of like the last 2K where I felt good and I was looking at my teammates. They're right there. So that helped. Um, and then, you know, 500 to go, used that hill flew down it and then just didn't look back from then. So yeah, it just worked out perfectly. It sounds like it worked out perfectly until you crossed the finish line. Tell us about the mishap after you finished. Yeah, it was a crazy um, situation, but basically I, you know, crossed the line, exhausted and basically just fell on my, my shoulder. Um, and considering I have a bad shoulder, it ended up coming out and I was just sitting there. There's actually a funny video of me just sitting there I'm like oh I won but I was just like my shoulders out so 
that was annoying, but um, I honestly couldn't be happier with the result. And luckily, I managed to get it in in the next 20 minutes. So you were able to get your shoulder back in place. Correct. Yeah. Uh, luckily, one of the guys racing, his dad is a surgeon and he managed to get it back in, which honestly was probably the best moment of the day because it would have ruined the entire celebration, like being at the hospital all night. Um, so just so grateful for that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, again, a wild thing to happen at the finish, but great that you were able to get it sorted out and then be able to spend this time with your teammates, which, you know, let's get into that. One of our writers, Marley Dickinson, uh, spoke with your coach, Paul Schnur, for a recent story. And um, everyone can check that out at runningmagazine.ca. And <laughs> in his story, he said that McMaster, the McMaster drought was longer than the Maple Leafs. So, of course, the Leafs famously have gone 48 seasons, the longest in NHL history, without a win. McMaster has gone 59 years without a win at the U Sport Cross Country Championships. How did it feel to lead your team, the Marauders, to a, not only an individual victory, but a team victory after so long? Well, it's funny because in my first year, when we were fourth, you know, I knew we had an opportunity to eventually win. So five, you know, fast forward five years later, that's felt like, you know, 20 years to me. So knowing that it's been actually 59 years, it's just, like I said, we're still in shock and something we've worked for, look forward to for years. And even it's funny, the guys that won it in 63, they come out to some of the races. So it's, it's so cool seeing them out and supporting us. But yeah, like I said, still in shock. So your team was ranked number one all season, but I know that you've been in that position before and the team has wound up again, you know, really close, but never with the win. I know that for yourself and most of your team members, you're in your last year of eligibility. Was the goal all year to win as a team? For sure. A bunch of us actually went to altitude this summer for a month in Flagstaff. So I think a lot of us were like pretty, um, focused on wanting to win and and we even had one guy come back who had eligibility so the whole the whole thing was just to win as a team I know the individual results come later so yeah that was that was basically the goal and I was going to ask you what you think the difference was I mean the fact that you know Andrew Davies Alex Drover and yourself were all in the top five individually this year your team score you know kind of blew the rest of the teams out of the water I was going to ask what kind of made the difference this year, both for yourself and for your teammates. Again, you've placed really well in the past, um, a 10th place finish, a 6th place finish. But what do you think was sort of the defining difference this year for yourself and for the Marauders? Good question. I think it would have been, you know, being our last year too. I think maybe, you know, a lot of us do well under pressures. Um, but like I said, you know, we went to altitude for a month and a lot of us had to make sacrifices to do that. And it completely paid off. Like a lot of the guys are running so well after um, that training block and, and just the culture. We have such a like strong and positive culture uh, and everyone wants to succeed and, and we just really take care of each other. So, and it's like I said, five years in the, in the making, right? This doesn't happen overnight. Like people see the celebrations, they see the excitement, but in reality, it's been like years and years, you know? Absolutely. I think that's such a good reminder because again, when, people from the outside see success, sometimes that gets a little bit forgotten, sort of the tip of the iceberg, and then all of the the work that comes before that. I mean, you talk about it being five years and how it's felt like so much more. Talk about Paula Schnur. I mean, your head coach, she's an Olympian herself. She's been with the program for a quarter century now, for 25 years. And I know that she came into that head coaching position 13 years ago, and she's talked so much about what it's taken to build this program um, during that time. 
What kind of impact did it have for your team having someone like Paula at the helm? Yeah, Paula's just been just amazing. She's just so unselfish and she's always, you know, putting the team first and she'll never like push you, you know, to your max and she'll always be conservative with your training because she sees long-term potential in you. Like a lot of these guys did not come out well from high school. Like I never made off the track and basically it was just year after year of, of training us and just to win it for her was just something so special. And we've always known she's been the best coach in Canada. I mean, no bias there, but um, you know, to actually get, see that award and, and to see her on that stage and, and receive it was just like so humbling um, for us. And we, we couldn't be more proud of her and excited for what she has to come. That's awesome. Again, she's had such a history herself as an athlete. And then with her coaching program, you know, you, you touched on the long-term development there and maybe just to push that a step further. Um, as someone who didn't have, you know, this outstanding off-the-track experience, for instance, the way that we sort of expect a lot of our top performers in the collegiate system to have, what are maybe one or two of your best pieces of advice for current high schoolers who are listening to this? I guess one piece of advice was, you know, in high school, everyone thinks OFSA is, you know, everything and like the Olympics of high school, which, you know, it is, it's a big deal. However, like, you know, if if you don't make it or you don't do well, like I don't, that that shouldn't, you know, close the curtain on your, on your running career. Like, you know, a lot of the development happens like, you know, in your early twenties and you can still be a good runner up to your late, you know, late twenties, early thirties. So yeah, just being patient with the process and consistency. Speaking of, again, you know, pushing that long-term development, the longevity, another step. Of course, the Canadian sports system was hugely affected by COVID. Um, Restrictions were strongest in Canada, you know, compared to most of the rest of the world. And I know that yourself and your teammates lost an entire year of racing, never mind, you know, being able to train together as a group. I'm wondering if you have any sort of reflections or perspective based on that, because Hopefully this is something that other athletes, you know, other kids will never have to experience again. What did it feel like um, having to go through that and then coming out of it and sort of putting the cherry on top with this win? That's a good question. Yeah. So basically one thing I should say is like with running, luckily we've been so fortunate that it's a sport that, you know, throughout COVID, no matter what, you've kind of been able to train. Um, So for that, I'm actually very thankful. But I'm just like reflecting on those, you know, those like, you know, two person runs or small training groups and not not knowing when are we going to race next. Um, and like, you know, training in like negative 20 when we can't use any of the indoor facilities. Like, I think those moments are like the ones you, you know, you're like, you know, this is this is worth it um, at the end of the day when you, you know, are able to win a championship. And like I said, having that community, like we had all these guys, you know, commit to training throughout COVID, like. Um, we didn't grow lazier, we just grew like stronger and, and wanted to push hard, push each other harder. So, so you've already started to speak to this, but I know that this is your last year with the Marauders. Talking about some of the guys from the 60s who are still coming out to support from, you know, that that last win. Uh, it sounds like there's not only a really strong alumni base, but just such a you know loyalty and commitment to this team. What gets you most excited about what comes next for the Marauders, even though you won't necessarily be part of it? Well, I don't know if you know or if anyone knows, but basically the contingent that came to watch, there's more people coming to watch than there were actually racing. Um, we had almost like our whole team fly out and 
you know, like you said, the you know, the guys from 63 are usually watching it online or usually coming to the local races. So, yeah, it's just amazing to see what can happen in the future. Um, I know we're losing a lot of our top guys, but, you know, we have a great coach and we have guys that want to do well. And it's just crazy. They coming up to us after the races, they're like, you know, we're going to train this hard. We're going to do all this stuff. And, and, you know, we try to tell them like, you guys don't have to compare yourselves to us and, but just, you know, working hard and being consistent and just, you know, keeping that positive and um, uplifting culture at Mac and, and you'll just be able to create some really good athletes. So. So finally, personally, you know, you've been undefeated this year. All four of the races you entered, including both the provincial and national uh, championships, you were victorious. I'm wondering what comes next for you. Are you racing ACXC next weekend? Uh, what's what's next on the docket for you? Yeah, the plan is to race ACXC with the possibility of making that World's Cross team. Um, and then we're going to go to Boston um, to run the 5K the week after. Um, so hopefully that goes well. And to be honest, I got to start running better on the track. My track times aren't great, but I think, you know, with this with this cross season under my belt, I, I have no worry that I can't not run um, good times. And um, I don't know, just looking forward to once I graduate, hopefully, you know, take this sport to the next level and wherever it takes me. Well, given the strength that you've developed and obviously the success you've had this this fall, there's every reason to believe we're going to see some fantastic things on the indoor and outdoor track coming up. Max, where can people follow you and find you? Yeah, so the best way I'm on Instagram at Max Turk. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, those are kind of like the best ways to reach me. But yeah, or just come by to Mac. I'm always hanging around Mac. Um, we always love to have some, you know, any high school or new new recruits come by or um, anyone wants to just come for a run. We're, you know, we're always around. Well, Max, thanks so much for joining us on The Shakeout today. Congratulations again on your stellar season. We wish you the best of luck next weekend and can't wait to see what comes next for you. Thank you. While Max's win capped off an undefeated collegiate season, the U Sports women's winner had a very different build to these championships. In fact, Glynis Sim didn't tow a single start line ahead of U Sports, thanks to chronic injuries that sidelined her throughout the fall and for years prior. Despite the adversity she's faced, Glynis surprised everyone, including herself, with victory in Halifax. All right, Glynis, first of all, congratulations on your victory at the U-Sport Cross Country Championships last weekend in Halifax. This was, I think, a big surprise for a lot of people because it was your first race of the season. Um, I know you had some injury issues and things like that. I want to get into sort of all the background, but um, congrats. How are you feeling and how are you recovering? Cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm recovering fairly well. I've not, not run since, but um, yeah, I've kind of needed some time off, I think. Yeah. So let's get into the the buildup. This was your first race of the season. I know that uh, you raced for the Thunderbirds at the U Sport Cross Country Championships last year as well. You know, again, I think a lot of people were very surprised to see you on the start line and then also to see you come away with this, this fantastic win. Um, take us through what was going on this year and why it took you until uh, sort of early November to be able to get in a race. Well, I was training pretty well through the summer and then um ran into some issues kind of like early October, um, just with like reoccurring chin splints kind of stuff. Um, that's like fairly, fairly regular, like fairly chronic for me. So, um, I had to take most of October off, uh, just like a few runs throughout October. And then I was able to do a few workouts 
in early November. So I had to, you know, uh, get medical exemption for Can West and then I was able to race U sports. So yeah, not the smoothest um, progression to the race. (laughs) What was it like coming into a championship race? I mean, I know that you're an experienced runner. You know, you ran for Arizona State University. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, You've been to World Youth Championships before. You've raced with the Thunderbirds before. Like, you know how to do this stuff. But that's still, I would imagine, pretty nerve wracking to come into, you know, the first race of the season being kind of the big one. Take us through kind of like what your mentality was coming in and uh, and what the goal was. Yeah, it definitely was not um, ideal. But I think it honestly was I had a little bit less pressure um, for myself for this race just because it was my first race of the season. So I wasn't I didn't have really high expectations. I think I just went into it with like a, a team mindset and just kind of helping out the team and seeing where we could place. So yeah, it was kind of like a low, lower pressure race personally. That's so interesting. I find sometimes when you take some of that pressure away, it actually can help you run better than you thought. I think that's not an uncommon thing, right? For people to come in being like, well, I don't really have a benchmark here or, you know, the, the pressure's off a little bit because of X, Y, or Z. And then you can kind of surprise yourself sometimes. Maybe in that vein, take us through the race, because I know that Jesse LaCourse came in kind of as the heavy favorite. Um, and it sounds like it was a real battle between the two of you. So walk us through what that was like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I went into the race. With, yeah, I wasn't really sure of my fitness, I guess. that was So um, it was just kind of sitting with like the front pack kind of a little ways back for the first two laps. And it went out quite conservatively. Um, the, uh, the conditions were really windy that day. So it was a lot of kind of like sitting behind people and just conserving um, energy the first two laps. And I was, yeah, again, I wasn't sure about fitness. So just did that. And then around um, five and a half K in, I think uh, Jesse made a move and I was feeling like a lot more, like a lot better than I expected. Um, so I just decided to go with that and see what would happen. I didn't think I could, I would die too hard if I went with it. So yeah, I, I definitely sat on her for the next lap and a bit, um, just kind of like testing it out. And I think we gapped the field a little bit in that uh, fourth lap for sure. And then yeah, I'm fairly confident in my like uh, finish during races. So yeah, that last 500 or so, I was able to pass her. And um, yeah, so I was, I was pretty, a little bit surprised with how it played out, but uh, yeah, happy with my individual effort. And then also as a team, I'm really, really proud. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So on that note of the team, I know that UBC, it was a really tight battle between you and Jesse, it sounds like it was also a tight battle on the team side, with UBC losing out um, for that victory as on the team challenge by just one point. So how much did you end up beating Jesse by individually? Um, I think it was 13 seconds, something like that. So and not enough to feel comfortable, but um, she was definitely there. <laughs> And and for so much of that to have happened in the last, it sounds like just, you know, several hundred meters is pretty extraordinary. And uh, it really speaks to your ability, like you said, to turn over hard at the end of races. You are a mid-distance specialist and you had a pretty huge summer this year. I think you ran personal best in the 800, 1500 and 5000. Is that right? Yep, definitely. Yep. <laughs> And some really competitive times. I mean, 204, 411, 1539, like these are these are knocking at the door for like getting close, you know, getting close down to uh, times that might land you on a national team at the senior level. Is that on your radar currently? Yeah, I definitely would say it is. 
is, um, yeah, I need to put in some pretty decent training. But yeah, I think I do have a national team or a senior national team on my mind. Wouldn't be surprised to see that happen in, in the next year or two. Um, I want to go back a little ways, though, because you're coming off the heels of all of this, you know, this incredible performance in sort of your like one shot at glory this year uh, on the cross country course. Like I said, you had a really awesome uh, breakthrough season on the track, but you actually in order to do that, had to sort of come out of retirement, I think would maybe be a fair way to say it. I know that you used to run for Arizona State University, but maybe talk us through uh, what what happened there. I know that it. I've read the word medical retirement several times in reading about your story. Maybe you can talk us through uh, what that was like and what that means, medical retirement, and then to come out of it. Yeah, um, I ended up running for them for almost two years, but I never competed, actually. So um, just like yeah definitely chronic um like bony stress injuries for a couple years and ended up like yeah going into medical retirement so that was like a recommendation uh by the medical team there so um that just meant I was able to continue to go to school there but just academically so no no involvement with the um athletic team anymore and sorry what year was that um I guess it was 2018 I believe yeah so couple of years there. I still, I t- took a quite a while off of running completely. And then I would run recreationally, I would say, <laughs> um, for a couple of years. And then I started getting a little bit more into it um, in probably 2019, 2020, um, with my high school coach. I also got into road cycling quite a bit. So that was a nice um, activity that kind of complemented the running. Do you still use that as cross training for for your running? Yeah, I rode all this summer, a um, couple days a week, and I still like do once a week consistently. And then October was definitely like a lot of a lot of riding. <laughs> so I was going to ask, maybe that's part of the answer. I was going to ask what you think made the difference this year because I know that like you made the decision to get back into competitive running, and then last year at these championships, I believe you were twenty first. And then you experienced injury this season, but still were able to turn that 21st place around into a victory. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about what went into, um, like what made the difference for you this year to be able to come out and, and, and win a you know super competitive race against a very deep field. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, having a, another year with um, Steve and like a, uh, the coaching and the team at UBC has helped. And then um, also just like managing, um, injury concerns appropriately and like not, um, just cutting back on things before it becomes a big issue, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, just, I think big thing for me was enjoying the cross training and enjoying like supplementary training and stuff. So it wasn't like a huge, um, loss to have to take some time off of running. Um, I was still able to enjoy like cycling and getting in some, some good work in that way. Um, so I think that kind of made the difference. It didn't feel like I was um, took like a big blow by not being able to run. That helped. That's great. I think that there's probably a lot of um, particularly younger athletes, I'm thinking maybe in high school, who it's hard, I think, especially when you're young and you don't have the years of experience under you to have the perspective that you don't need to live and die by every race and that seasons are long, years are long, and hopefully careers are long, right? Um, I asked this question to Max as well. I'm wondering if you could go back and give 
uh, your younger self or just maybe some high school athletes listening, um, any pieces of advice around maybe you've talked, you've used the words like patient and uh, getting ahead of things. Maybe if there's any other words of advice you would have for for some of the younger athletes listening who might be feeling like, oh, I haven't raced very much this season. I don't know how it's going to go or, you know, push through injuries for the sake of not wanting to lose time. Yeah, definitely. I think um, this is quite like running related, but I think um, enjoying things outside of running has really helped for me. And then just kind of the bigger picture as far as running, just supporting your teammates and like supporting other people in the sport really helps. And then also like finding other things that you enjoy, like cycling or kind of applying yourself somewhere else, like with like a club or a school or, you know, just enjoying other things (laughs) as unrelated to running as that is. For sure. It can definitely, again, take some of that pressure off, right? When you have a little bit more of a well-rounded um, approach to your life as a student athlete and, and just, you know, as a person. You've, you've mentioned the team aspect a few times. As I mentioned, the Thunderbirds did come second by a very narrow margin. And I'm wondering how your team felt after the race, what that was like for you um, to be part of, again, racing for yourself, but then also racing to a podium finish for your teammates. Yeah, it definitely meant a lot, like the result, but also um, I think we just, we just have like a really fun time out there racing. Like the, the culture on our team is really good right now. And um, we just get so much support from the coaching and uh, our other athletes back home too, that it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And I think we weren't too concerned with the result. Like it was a great day for us. And I think on, on like a perfect day that was pretty much as well as we could have done. I mean, we probably could have <laughs> pulled off the win, but we were definitely super happy with that result and just enjoyed our, our time racing and competing with each other. So this is your last year of eligibility. This was actually your last race with UBC. I'm sure that there's all kinds of emotion that's attached to that, you know, it being sort of the, the end of this journey. And you also said that you haven't run since the race. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you're not racing ACXC next weekend. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so I guess, you know, looking forward, having been through a real roller coaster of a career at only 24 years old, um, athletically, how are you feeling about the future and, and how running fits into that for you? Um, yeah, I'm definitely just pretty excited about the future. Um, I do see myself continuing the run and trying to make some teams and just, um, but I'm mostly looking to continue to enjoy the sport and ideally figure out how to stay healthy and (laughs) be able to handle training loads and stuff like that. But um, I'm also just excited to try and um, balance it with like another career and other um, things outside of running and see how that goes. (laughs) What are you studying in school? Uh, I'm in nursing right now. Well, so I'm assuming that's that's the goal for the career as well? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Glynis, you know, again, congratulations on your win, uh, both for yourself and for this great podium finish with the Thunderbirds. Congratulations on the end of your career with them. And I'm really excited for you for whatever comes next in the next chapter of your running. Thanks so much for joining us on the ShakeOut podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much. As we mentioned in the intro, a number of Canadians posted impressive results at the NCAA D1 Championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma over the weekend. Kaylee McCabe, Gracelyn Larkin, and Grace Featherstone-Haw all placed in the top 31 individually. You can read more about them by visiting runningmagazine.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ShakeOutPodcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you're listening right now. 
Make sure you tune in to Canadian Running and Shakeout Podcast social feeds on Saturday to catch all of the ACXC excitement from Ottawa. Until next time, run safe and happy, and we'll chat again soon.